Dear Albert, can you share with us how you found your calling to be a monk? Do you know when you were a child or later when you were an adult? Do I know, do I know that I, will, I would become a monk when I was a teenager? Um, I, I don't know. I, I never thought of it. It's just all these circumstances grouped together that I become a monk. And it seems that when I look back, it seems that the invisible book is written that way. That I have to encounter this, that I will have to, I, I, I have to, uh, to meet someone, that I... It all seems to be written down in the book. And I don't know if I told you a story that happened, uh, a true story that happened to me uh, when I was, how many years ago, say, um, 35, 40 years ago, 35 years ago, I was studying at University of Toronto and I stay with two monks in uh, Don Mills. Anybody live in Toronto before? You know where Don Mills is? <laughs> you, you must know where Don Mills is, North York. Yeah, I, 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 I like Don Mills. They have a, a big skating ring in there. Um, and I like to, to ride in those buses uh, in the old days, they liked, the driver likes to, to yell out, Acklington! And everybody gets down at Acklington. And then the York Mills. <laughs> Do they still yell out these names now? No, electronic. <laughs> oh, they, they have electronic show in there. They don't care anymore. They want to save their breath and you look yourself. It's so funny that in every station, they yell out the name of that street, the main station. And I find it to be so so pleasant, so homely, so, uh, I don't know, it's, it's so nice. So anyway, so uh, and, um, I, was, I was staying with a monk in Don Mills, and uh, uh, these two monks, um, they were the first two monks coming to Canada, Reverend Sing Hong and Reverend Sing Cheng. These were the two monks um, they, I think in 1967, they attended the, the Montreal Exposition. Is it 1967? Yes. The Montreal Exposition. And uh, after the exposition, somebody told them uh, that to stay behind. And then they stayed behind. They didn't choose Mo Montreal. They chose Toronto. So they stay in, in Toronto. These were the first two monks who were <coughs> in the mission. They, they told me that they were trying to put a flag of Buddhism onto the Canadian community and Canadian land. Uh, somebody bought, uh, uh, donated some money to buy a small little bungalow for them uh, in a street called South Hill Drive. South Hill Drive, I don't know. And, and they called their, their, their bungalow South Hill Temple. Uh, in my second year, I wrote to Hong Kong to some Buddhists, and I said, I'm quite lonely when I want, when sometimes, sometimes uh, Easter holidays and vacations were so lonely. And, and, and a letter came back to me and said, why don't, you, why don't you visit these two monks? So I got the address and I visited these two monks. And I, uh, uh, I feel in harmony with them at first sight. 
and I said, uh, I'm looking for a place to stay. Can I stay with you two guys, two people? I said, okay, you can welcome, uh, go, you, you stay at, at the bunk, at the basement and we stay upstairs. And we cook and you wash dishes. So that's the arrangement. And uh, being a young guy who didn't really know how to do washing, uh, sometimes, you know, it's quite messy and, and finally I don't even have to wash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I stayed with them and during that one year I stayed with them, my mind was so peaceful. Um, I stay in the basement, I do my studying and, and I do my meditation. And, um, and I had, uh, in seven nights, I had the same dream, in seven nights. Um, I must have told some of you people before. I have, and in seven nights, I have the same dream. Would you have the same dream in seven nights in, in, in succession? It, very difficult, right? It's the same dream. You know, I was dreaming, what I was dreaming about? I was dreaming that I was climbing up some huge ladder, going up to the roof, coming down again, going up to the roof, coming down again, going up to a, a huge temple roof going up and coming down and same dream that kind of dream to me to to a guy who's 23 years old is what kind of this is just a wild dream I mean what you know climbing up the ladder onto a temple and coming down what, what kind of dream we, we, I don't really you know it doesn't really mean anything to me but so many years later 15 20 years later when I came to when I came to to build this temple, uh, I bought tiles from Taiwan. And how do we shift the tiles up to the roof to to lay tiles? We we bought we we, we rented a mechanical ladder. Uh, it was electricity, and we push, and that little lift would would lift up all the the uh, all the tiles. Uh, we'll lift up there and then we climb up and the tiles will lift up and down and sometimes we use that as, as the escalator too, it's so strong. So I climb up and down and climb up and down and one day I was looking at how straight the rows of tiles are and I suddenly remember 15, 20 years ago I already have this dream that I was climbing up and down this ladder. So that wouldn't be a coincidence. That may be something, someone, or some reminder that you are going to do this. You're going to, you're going to do this, building a temple. So my calling, I didn't have any calling at that time. So I wasn't a monk at that time. When I, when I was building this temple, I was still a layman. Until about now, 13 years ago, I became a monk. And I think... Um, did Judy come when I was a uh, uh, when I was a layman? You, uh, you, you, uh, Judy, you, you were not here, right? Yes. You already came. Yes. Yes. So you are the, the old timer. <laughs> and also, uh, uh, what is this? Uh, uh, the Indian lady. I always forgot her name. Sue. Sue. Sue was here, and I was I was teaching as a layman meditation at the back. And I just became a monk 13 years ago. And so many conditions put together. And there's so many 
Oh, we can write a book about it. Um, when I still remember the first time when I uh, when we got someone to a quotation to build this building, and the first time when I when the uh, the contractor gave me the invoice, I was shocked. Three hundred fifty thousand percentage of completion. Suddenly, how do I get the money to pay? <laughs> so I thought I was putting aside about two hundred thousand dollars. And now the first invoice is $150 more, $150,000 more. So I was looking everywhere for, for fun. And uh, I was, I was uh, giving a banquet and doing an opera singing. I still remember I sing in an opera. <laughs> and I got, I got about $50,000 on that night singing a Chinese opera. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, singing a Chinese opera. Um, and uh, um, 50,000. So a lot of difficulties. I don't know. Every time when I encounter difficulties in building the temple, uh, I encounter thousands of difficulties in building about human relationships, about money, about construction, about material, about government, how to deal with the government. You think it's easy to build a, to build a temple in a Canadian government, in the community? <laughs> oh. <clears throat> extremely difficult. You have to, all your neighbors got to agree. You get all your neighbors to get to agree to for you to build a temple. So we have a lot of opposition when we first started. And, and I, I went through a lot of political um, turbulence, you call it. Um, at that time, I think the mayor, it's uh, Gil Blair in Richmond. Uh, I think he passed away already. He laid the foundation for this temple. And uh, at that time, all the council members, they were not called council members, they were called eldermen. They're elder lady too, but they don't call, call elder lady eldermen. And uh, I have to sit in the, in the forum and with this 13 aldermen and the mayor shooting questions at me. Why do you have to build a temple like that? How high is the temple? What do you, uh, how many people, how many members? Oh, a lot of questions shooting at me. And I got scared. I was quite hesitant. And then somehow I have to come back for another session. They don't find it satisfactory in the first session. So I go about to, uh, to, to the Chinese overseas voice the radio, I said, let's get us some political, uh, uh, political momentum. So I gathered 300 people at the gate of City Hall, all wearing the band. We support the temple. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody make these banners and go into the, uh, into the big parliament, not parliamentary, the, out, the, 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 you know, the hall, and um, quietly, of course. We don't use violence. Quietly, everybody's sitting there, and the mayor was sort of shocked. What well, is people wearing the same uniform? Where did they come from? I said, um, Mr. Mayor, they're supporting me to build this temple. So I, can, I went down there and sit in the, in the center. All these questions start shooting at me. At that time, I was well prepared. I answered every question. Um, and I got unanimous approval for building this temple. It's public record. <laughs> Unanimous. Oh, yes, it's public record. You can check it. 
unanimous approval for building this, this temple. They didn't know how high the temple is at that time. Yes? Yeah? I, well, which one first? Oh, you first, okay. Uh, later, yeah, there's a question there, yeah? Huh? Why did I want to build a temple? Because at that time there were there was no Buddhist temple in Vancouver, only a dilapidated church modified into a temple. And that's on the 49th street. And uh, it's like an old church. Um, and, and I want to build a real authentic temple in which the architecture is authentic, the teaching is original, um, and I want to build it in the middle of a, 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 of a nice scholarly garden. All this dream come true. So whenever you have a dream, if they all come true if you work at it. This, this just starts as a dream for me. So many people come in to help. So many, I, oh, thousands, maybe two, three thousand people. And, and yesterday, I, um, sometimes occasionally when, I, when I'm uh, talking uh, with all these uh, Chinese members, I always told them, those who attended ceremony 35 years ago upstairs with me, 95% of them passed away already. All these are new faces. There's so many people help. The seniors and the, the, the young, young youngsters and so many people try to help. And try, so many people help into this. And I didn't have one single big <coughs> rich donor or a few rich donors. I, I, I depend on the mass majority of the people. In other words, I don't have one. Uh, I, I, now I know that on, on number five street, they call number five street, you know what they call it, a temple street now. Because all the temples, the, the city wants to group in there. I'm not talking about politics, but this temp, the, the, the city wants to put all, temp, all churches, all religious organizations on that number five road. Because they want to concentrate in one road. We are out of that temple street. Why? Because our temples is like a monument in here. And once it is built, it instigates so many thoughts and ideas. If they allow temples and churches to be built everywhere, then, <laughs> then it's not under control. So they're very clever. They want to put everything in that street, in that temple street. You go to that street, and they call it, um, they also call that street a road, a road to heaven. <laughs> Who wants to go to that road? <laughs> road going to heaven? I still want to be in this world. You go. Some people are like that. I encounter so many oppositions. Um, I, have to go through, I have to go through so many hearings, public hearings. Um, and, um, and also we have to acquire the land. We only have about, about half an acre to start with. This is the half an acre, this building. We start with half an acre. And then we slowly buy some land and buy the land over there. Slowly, bit by bit, we develop. Every, every year is not the same for us. A lot of people come, I haven't been here for a year. It's different now. I haven't been here for another year. It's different. Because they have the confidence. These people will build this temple. They use all their money in the building. Because I know, they said. Because every year when I came here, 
I donated some money. Every, every time when I came here to check, they always add in something. They know where the money went. It's all for the public. It's not for private. Um, and also this temple is not just for the Chinese. Everybody then can come here. It's just some people, they got scared of coming in. They thought this is private. Our mission is to teach the Buddhist teaching in the West. Our mission is to let the Canadian people learn Buddhism. Not to come in here to just teach the Chinese. If we're just the Chinese people, we can always go to China. <laughs> Why do we have to come here? There's no boundary in the Buddhist teaching. It's, it's, it's for everybody. If you want to, really want to trace the origin of, of, of Buddha, Sakamuni, uh, he, was, he more belonged to the, to, to the Caucasian family, the Aryan family. Buddha is Aryan. In other words, Buddha is Caucasian. He had blue eyes and aquiline nose, big forehead, like a Greek torso, like a Greek head, you know? So don't judge. A Buddhist teaching is Chinese teaching. You're wrong. A teaching of enlightenment has no boundary. It's for all. It's for, for humans, for everybody. So you have that mission to promote it. If you have, if you like to take on a mission, some, some people are not missionary. Who cares, you know? But some are. I don't know why. Since I, since very young, I, I like to take on mission. I don't have to, but it seems to me to be a mission to to promote the Buddhist teaching to the West. And I'm slowly, gradually, without me noticing it, I'm doing this. I'm doing the, I'm promoting the Buddhist teaching. For how many years? I haven't done enough, though. I would like to do more. Because I concentrated more in the construction, in the hardware than in the software. <laughs> and now it's right, it's the time to, to do some software now. So I like to, to get software people. So all these are software people, eh? It's Lee, Bunny, and all these are software people. <laughs> we need you to be a software person. Look, what, it, what is this life? If a life is just feeding your body, which is, our body is the, the traveling bag. It's, it's just a, tra a transient traveling bag of your existence. When you die, you, if you don't have a mission, you haven't achieved anything. So. Why well, make it meaningful? Do something. Be more interesting. Carry the Buddha's mission to the world. This is a mission of compassion, a mission of consideration, a mission of peace. Why don't you take up that mission? Everybody should have that mission. Don't hide. Don't hide up in a room. Go out. You don't have much time left. Another 60 years for you? Who is, who is less than 40? No, I don't mean to ask that. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't mean to ask that. <laughs> so if you're a 40-year-old, you add another 60 years, you're 100. 
So if you are 40, you end another 60 years. What is 60 years? It's a transient period. 60 years is like a flash of lightning. I've been here for 40 years almost. It seems it's a flash of lightning. Do something meaningful. First of all, change yourself first. Get away from killing, from lying, from sexual misconduct. Get away from all these material ones and get into the spiritual world. You get happiness from walking this spiritual path. I think that's enough answer to the first question. <laughs> it's, been about, it's been about 20 minutes to answer for that question. Second question, why are the wooden sticks hidden on the ground during the walking meditation? Wooden sticks are supposed to hit not the ground. It's you. Spare the rod, spoil the child. <laughs> no, I really mean it. Because the, the guy, the vigilance, the vigilators, the guy who walk around carrying this cane, the cane, this wooden stick, is supposed to correct your position. If you're meditating like this, saliva coming up and you're dozing <laughs> off to sleep. Salivating. Is it called salivating? I learned a word today, salivating. It's a new word. Huh? That's cat salivating. So if you're salivating and dozing off, and the, 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 the stick is supposed to correct your shoulders and make sure that you, you straighten your back and all that, and, and if you don't obey, they pat on your shoulder, and if you don't walk fast, they say, walk faster. It's supposed to monitor you. But in the Canadian society, you really have to be careful. <laughs> you can get sued by, by uh, personal contact or by harassment. <laughs> so um, um, we, we use it for playful sticks hitting on the ground. <laughs> Just to remind you, we could be more fearful. <laughs> it's just we don't want to hit you, we want to hit the ground. So it does not matter if you say, oh, don't, I don't, don't worry, you can hit me, then we'll, we'll make an exception. <laughs> so um, that's what it is used for, for monitoring you. But well, we didn't use it that way, but maybe we should more and more use it. Uh, when you don't stop like that, and uh, when you are not behaving, when you are saliv salivi saliv salivating, salivating, yeah. You checked that word already, right? It's the right word. Oh, okay. Then I, I, a second thought comes to me. Who would be salivating? How, how do you know that you're salivating? When you, when you deliberately push up some saliva in your mouth? Why, why would you do that? Oh, because your mouth is dry and you want to eat? When you're sleeping. When you're sleeping. Yeah. Oh, salivating, salivating, okay. All right, yeah, gravity, yeah, gravity. Yeah, so, so next time when you're dozing up like that and somebody correct you, oh, sorry, it's gravity. <laughs> It's not me who make the mistake. It's gravitation. 